underthinking is our topic and how relationships and emotional wellness link to this. When it comes to emotional wellness, a lot has been written about overthinking and its links to anxiety. However, we pay little attention to the other alternative, which is underthinking. And sometimes those accused of underthinking are accused of being selfish, unreliable, or inconsiderate. And there's so much more to talk on that. But let's get better understanding from Andrew Martin, who's a clinical psychologist at the Tembisa Hospital. Andrew, good morning to you, and thanks for joining us this Thursday again. Good morning, Asanda. It's an absolute pleasure. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Happy 2022. It's our first chat this year. Yeah, same to you. So... Who are underthinkers? We know about overthinking and how it's a symptom of anxiety, but there's this opposite now called underthinkers. Yes, so it's an interesting group. Um, I suppose it's just the other extreme of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, These are people that tend to make decisions without the tendency of of really thinking through the consequences of those actions. Um, And there's, I mean, there's there's two sides to that coin, Mm -hmm. and I hope that's something we can explore. So is this not what we should be doing, though? Are we not supposed to be underthinking if we're saying overthinking is bad? Asanda, I think it depends. And my, my advice always or my guidance as a psychologist and mental health expert is always it's about balance. Um, it's about context. It's about determining what is the potential consequences of not giving enough consideration to a particular scenario or situation. So, I mean, at its best, it looks like intuition. So mm-hmm. I think we all possess it. It's something we can tap into as and when we need to. Um, but intuition is earned. It's not something that's a given. And I think it requires enough time and investment and exposure to certain contexts when we can start, um, for lack of better expression, cutting corners. And I think it's what underlooking, uh, underthinking looks like at its best. Because, uh, I mean, we're supposed to let go and let be. Or is this different? So, so maybe then the question should be, when do we know we are underthinking? Well, I think the, the, the evidence of underthinking is not so much in the process of thinking, but the, the consequences and the actions that derive from that particular process or lack of that process. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there'll be harm of some kind that takes place or some error that comes to the person's attention or awareness. And whether or not they accept that as feedback also will determine whether or not they make a, a choice to then increase the level of reflection that they they um, invest in or whether they continue on the same road and these are people that we generally experience as stubborn um, and almost like bullheaded and they keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again and that's evidence that they're not open enough to accept that feedback from their environment and that can become a problem over um, a period of time. So what are the examples then? What does an underthinker do uh, typically? Well I think they cause a lot of destruction in relationships because they're not considering alternative um, views or perspectives. Um, I mean, the most extreme form is prejudice and discrimination. I think that's very much the seed of it, is not giving credence to another person's way of life or their way of thinking or, I mean, it's even it's a way of developing empathy. I think these people have a lack of empathy generally because they're not investing time and energy into viewing other people's perspectives. Mm. Is it passive-aggressive to be an underthinker? It can be, for sure, um, because what's happening is passive aggression is a signal that something isn't 
in line with that person's preferences, but then also not willing to act on it. So they withdraw from the relationship, and that's how it's felt. So it's a little bit more subtle. Um, it's difficult to determine. I think it, on a case-by-case basis, that individual and the people that are impacted by it will be the best judges. Yeah. Of, of, of what that feels like. And I mean, we say in our intro, they can be accused of being selfish and even unreliable or, or inconsiderate at times. So those would be the negative repercussions. I mean, that actually does, you know, seem like a description that would come from another person, not the underthinker. What are the reasons behind why one could be an underthinker or end up being an underthinker? Well, I think if we consider the world we live in now, it's almost information overload, isn't it? So yeah. I think it's actually, it's a very economical solution. It's, it's about trying to be more efficient. We cannot possibly consider every angle that's out there because it's being, I mean, there's just too much to consider. So it's actually, a, it's, it's a way of trying to compartmentalize and trying to make decisions with the least amount of information possible because we just don't have enough time or energy in a day to consider everything. Um, so there are benefits to it. There's benefits that we can make certain knee-jerk reactions. But like I said, intuition is earned. It's not something that's a given. We only are able to tap into intuition once we've had enough exposure and once we've earned uh, the knowledge in a particular area. Mm. So it depends on when and where you're using it. So it can be a solution, but there's obviously risks that it invites cognitive biases um, of many different kinds and variations that we often fall prey to. Can can underthinkers even be seen as rude? Definitely. I think that is one of the, the main criticisms because, as mentioned, they don't invest time in thinking what is someone else's perspective. And the label of rudeness would mean like it's the idea like you just not you don't understand me or you're insensitive to my views. It's almost like they're closed off. They're constricted to um, an open conversation. And they, they tend to chase people away or turn them off. Yeah, we learn so much in Wellness Corner, I'm telling you. It's just, uh, it blows my mind, the kind of things that, I mean, human behavior is just extricably interesting. But I think every day when we have these topics, I'm just, uh, I'm enlightened. And I'm appreciating this topic as well. So, so Andrew, can, can we interchange between the two? Can we be both overthinkers and underthinkers? Absolutely. And as I mentioned before, as a mental health expert, I very much try and promote a healthy balance yeah. that exists. And there's a particular therapy um, route that we follow for extreme behaviors. So self-harm, impulse control issues. Um, and it's something called dialectical behavior therapy. Now, dialectical means somewhere in the middle between two extremes. Okay. And there's a concept called wise mind that is a particular activity that we promote to try and develop the balance between our rational parts of our mind and our emotive parts of our mind because each of them have very important sources of information that if we pay attention to and reflect adequately on, have that seed for making the most effective decisions in our life and it's not about right or wrong it's about what works yeah and that can only be known through reflecting on past experience yeah i think that should be the next topic we need to get that activity the wise mind and how it works and how we can apply it uh, we'll need advice mm. on that so let's note that kanya for our next topic uh, with andrew thank you so much andrew that's all the time we have for today uh, just as an introduction to that but are there positives uh, have we mentioned the positives of underthinking we did at the beginning, so I mentioned at its best, it yeah. looks like intuition. So these are creative types. They seem to just get it 
Um, they seem to uh, seem to form part of high impact teams in, in um, organizations. So these are the people that generally are given those high profile tasks because there's some link that they're making that maybe is not obvious to other people. Yeah. So it's almost that right brain type of type of person where they just it's almost like you don't know how they get to these sophisticated. Um, eloquent solutions, but it, it, it's just something they've tapped into. But like I said, that's earned. It's not a given right to, to most people. Yeah, and maybe it's a way of putting yourself first, so maybe that's a positive as well of an underthinker. I don't Absolutely. know, that's what I'm just picking up Absolutely, now. yeah. I think that's the core motivation, is like, what do I want right now? So it's that short-term gratification rather than that long-term gain, which requires a little bit extra effort and energy that not everyone's prepared to, to put in. Okay, all right. Well, thanks again so so much for your time, Andrew. We appreciate it. Happy way, uh, Thursday. Same to you, Asanda. Thanks for the opportunity. Take care. Thanks. Andrew Martin, clinical psychologist at the Tembisa Hospital. We definitely need to talk about that wise mind activity. What does that mean uh, in our next chats? Okay, we've got about, uh, was it 12 minutes before we get to the top of the hour? Getting to uh, 5 o'clock it is. Let's just go straight to the next topic, talking planting the seeds, agriculture, farm attacks over the festive season.